Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Five Corner. So glad for you guys to join us. Uh, we know we've been gone for a little while and uh, for, for reasons. And by the way, for those reasons, thank you to all the support that has come out with me personally for the things that I've been going through and the reasons why I've not been in here. I've been in the hospital for a little bit, but some of you guys have known that. So thank you for the outreach and support that you have given me uh, while I've been going through that. But yes, Five Pointer is back and we are back and we have five amazing topics. The way the Five Pointer works is that we have five topics broken down into five minutes apiece. And then also we have our sudden death question that was brought to us by our Patreon uh, memberships. And that's if you guys want to join the Patreon, you guys want to check that out, you have a chance to uh, submit a Patreon question. You can do that by joining uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash Bobby Gucci, exclusively on the Gucci verse. But um, yeah, man. I'm so glad to be back, Hambone. Mm -hmm. What's up, my, what's up, my friend? It's good to see you. It's good to see you too, man. Good to see you in good health and uh, smiling a little bit, man, because it's 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 been uh, lonely out here in the five pointer space here in the last couple of weeks, man, with all the stuff going on. And uh, my dog's even excited for uh, seeing you come back. Yeah, man. I'm, Cal too, I'm, baby. Cal too, man. I'm I'm excited to be back, and and we have looked through the internet's. We've looked through the comment sections and we've looked through everything and we we try to put together some of the the, the top five topics that we have uh we've been seeing for a little bit and as we kind of get into the near end of this singles tournament that's kind of what a bunch of it and of course if you guys don't know you see the rundown right here on the side of us where you can follow along you can skip through if you guys want to see a certain topic that's how this show works but um yeah i don't want to waste any more time that's not what we do here we like to keep it short and sweet handbone man you ready to get into this let's do it all right, outstanding. All right, man. Question one. Uh, Hambone, my first question to you is we've seen this all-star kind of come in, and his name is Adam Collins. <clears throat> and he's taken, it seems like he's taken the world by storm uh with how he's come in three uh three matches already with three knockouts, and everyone is already kind of hoisting this guy up as potentially rookie of the year status. Uh, he's, he's, he's knocking out a lot of players that we expected to see it go a lot further. My question to you is Adam Collins, how good is he? Well, I'm going to say this, what it reminds me of Adam Collins. Now I'm not going to say this is like for the whole entire career. Cause the guy I'm about to bring up, he did it for a pretty good while before he eventually fell. It reminds me of Mike Tyson. The young Mike Tyson, man, because he came in, did his business and just started knocking fools out. <laughs> I have never seen this. Like who has there been a person to ever debut in the showdown to go three and oh, but not go three and oh, go three and oh with three knockouts. That's as perfect as you could be as far as record goes. You have played three times and you haven't even had to answer a five point question yet. That's amazing. And I'm going to tell you. Like that's not, not that's nothing to like sneeze at. That's nothing to try to brush under the rug. That is some serious business, and that's a serious record because I do not think that anybody's ever done that. And even the greats, and look at what he's already done in the tournament so far. I mean, he did the play-in match, knocked that person out. That was actually probably pretty close to being his most competitive match was his play-in match. Because then he turned around and played John Roca, beat the brakes off of John Roca. Then turned around and didn't want to stop there. He's just beating everybody's brakes off because then he turned around and took out Lon. And people respect Lon for his knowledge and all that stuff. But when you put like that, you put in like John Roca, 
line, two beloved competitors in the league, two of the best competitors as far as knowledge goes that people say he's in the league, especially with John Roca. I mean, he's put on the – people put some on this, uh, the Mount Rushmore all the time. That's all they talk about. John Roca and they pick three other people. Some people think he's the best player in the game, uh, even over Dan Merle in some aspects. And sometimes they have technically, you know, maybe a little bit of an argument there, at least a little bit. Like it's not stupid to say that John Roca is the best player in the game, even over a Dan Merle. It's not a complete dumb, asinine comment. It's actually a comment that you could argue a little bit about. And with that being said, like Adam Collins just knocked him out in his second game. And he's in the singles tournament, three and O with three KOs. Now, not you know, two of them's TKOs, but that's still knockouts, and that still registers in the long run as knockouts. I mean, think about it. In his next match, when Christian Harloff is introducing the Coyote, I don't even want to say Coyote anymore because I think we got to spice it up a little. Coyote, we got to say it like that. You know what I'm saying? We got to put some fanciness on side of this because whenever. Christian Harloff announces him the next time. He's going to be announcing his record. It's going to say three and O with three KOs. You know what I'm saying? Like, look, he is doing what Mike Kalinowski's name says he's doing. He's actually doing it. Three and O with three KOs. You can't be any better than that. What you think? I mean, there was a time when Kalinowski was the knockout king. I mean, he was he was doing it every time. But no. You know what? I know people like to see us disagree, man, but I can't do it today, and I cannot do it with this one. Adam Collins is doing everything right. And I've seen people we, we, we were talking about before, and I've seen some asinine comments talking about how, oh, we need to see Adam Collins hit a five-pointer to know how good he is. What? Are you serious? Why? If you can get someone out of there before hitting a five-point question, do it. Do it all. Do it all day. If you could knock someone out before you ever get to the third round, do it. He hasn't done that. Yet. I mean, he has done that, but he he he'd do it a whole lot more. If he can go as long as he can without ever getting to a five point question, then good on you. There's no reason to sit there and and, and knock that person down because they haven't got to a five point question. If anything, it just no. Shows this should be more celebrated. That, that, that kind of thing should be celebrated. And, like, let me tell you something, man. This man is hitting at a 93, 90, close to 94 percentile accuracy rating right now. That's damn near insane. That's insane. There's only a few people in the, there, and there are some people in the tournament that are shooting at a higher rate, and we are going to be talking about them very, very soon. But there's not many. And not many, a lot of the greats are doing that. I mean, you want to talk about like Roka. I think Roka is somewhere around the 75% range. But Adam Collins is doing everything right, and he should be celebrated. But I don't know if I would give him the rookie of the year thing just yet. I understand how big recency bias is, and it is a thing. Every single time, recency bias is a thing. Not too long ago, it was your boy uh, uh, Ben Goddard. Ben Goddard. Ben Goddard, the Barbarian. They were the they they were the people on the hot seat, but everyone always forgets. It's kind of like you know the Oscars in the very beginning of the year. Whenever if you release an Oscar worthy movie in March, it seems to get forgotten about by the end of the year, and uh, it's no longer a thing. But so I don't want to take away the accolades that Ben Goddard has done because what he's did with the three different divisions should be yeah. celebrated. What Barbarian mm-hmm. has done with everything he has had to go through this season should be celebrated. Oh yeah, I think that we have three 
top-notch potential uh, rookie of the year candidates, but I do not want to take that away from Adam I know Cole. the time's up. I know the time's up, but this is just something I got to add on from something that you said. You telling me that, like, you're are, are you telling me out there, fans? Yeah, I'm looking at you. Are you telling me out there that my man should sandbag a couple of questions just so he can answer a five-pointer because he is just knocking folks out, stealing their answers that they couldn't get? They're Correct. saying yes. Hey, 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 hold on one second. Correction. No, he shouldn't. That'd be the biggest, dumbest thing ever. It's like you're playing in a, oh, well, this team keeps beating everybody and, and destroying them in football, and you're telling me in the fourth quarter they're up by 21 and they just give the other team three touchdowns so they can play a tight football game? Come on, dude. Get out of here. That dude is demolishing people. And to say and to try to bring him down because he ain't answered a five-pointer is like one of the dumbest things, dumbest takes I could ever have. Sorry, but I had to go there. We're going to go move on to question two. You know what I'm saying? While I'm getting a little hot here, we'll see what your pick is for this. Who do you think, from what we know now, before we get into the semifinals of the singles tournament, out of the people who is left, who's taking home the gold? Lando and the singles tournament, I think it's very apparent. Well, for me, who is taking home the gold? And this person has been calm, cool, and collected every oh, I'm sorry, collective, as we say here in the Gucci verse, every single time that he sits down on that couch, and that's your homie Ethan Irwin. Ethan Irwin ain't flinching, Ethan Irwin ain't playing, he ain't broken a sweat yet. He's over there just balling out questions. I mean, God, come on, man. He's averaging close to 20 points a match. Come on. It has to be Irwin, man. It has to be Irwin. He's doing what we thought. He's doing what he thought he, we, we, he would do. Now, what, what's that stink face? I need you to fix your face. No, bro, bro, bro. I better hold my nose because of the smell of your doo-doo tape is coming through my computer, coming through my microphone because Ethan ain't going to win it because he has to get through my guy first. And that's Tom, the dead man. He reminds me of the undertaker. Like, just going through people, no emotion, just weird people out to the <laughs> point to where they can't answer their questions or whatever it is because Tom – one of the players that we saw at the end of last year when they were going through the team's tournament just come in and do his thing. And he's been doing his thing from the beginning. People forgot about Tom. But just like Dr. Dre, people's about to remember because he's about to throw out some of those swift, neat beats as he's beating people all the way to the championship or at least to the championship round of this tournament. Are and you then out your mind? Are you out your mind? I don't know what they got going on in the water in Alabama, but you need to get a, a Brita filter because uh, cut it out. Cut it out. Okay. There is no possible world that we're living in where Tom's going to be big time. Not big time. Come on, man. The man got an action figure for damn sake. I mean, you can have action figures, but guess what? Tom, Tom, has, Tom has dead bodies. So, I mean, what would you rather have? A little action figure that doesn't do anything or a dead body? Dead well, I guess stink. it doesn't do. No, yeah, no I guess. Yo, doodoo takes us. You like to say, yeah, yeah, the, the, the dead bodies move around. Here. But at least it's more interesting. It's you know, uh, <laughs> look, Tom's character fit in with him playing in this tournament is just amazing. It's awesome. And another thing I'll point out here real quick is I've said this multiple times, and some people's ran with it as well. Like the one of the biggest things for the barbarian success is the fact that they came up 
with that chinchilla thing to have over his shoulder for him to pet because it makes him slow down and get the, you know, takes that few extra seconds to get the answer correct in his head. Mm -hmm. Tom's character and the way he plays it is doing that without it, right? Like because of the way he is, he takes his time. He's really slow and methodical and he gets the right answers. We've seen Ethan, no matter how good he is, man, he's got a great record. We've seen Ethan sometimes answer a question a little too quickly and just kind of shake his head when they say the answer because he knew it. But he gets it wrong because he jumped a gun just a little bit. That's something Tom ain't going to do. Tom is stoic. He is as stoic as rigor mortis. And Tom is going to take Ethan out in the next round. I don't know what to say to you right now. I'm so disappointed. I'm so disappointed with you. Okay, listen, we all know Tom is a good player. But we know that Ethan Irwin is a great player. He is a former movie trivia Schmodown champion. And the only people that the only person he seems to lose to is the GOAT. It's the GOAT. Come on now. Hey, if but Dan records Burrow, if, if look, Dan records Burrow are made had to be never shown up, Ethan Irwin, bar none, GOAT. But look, he is, man, he's one of them. I'm not gonna lie. We're over here arguing about the two people we think is gonna probably win this whole entire tournament <laughs> when we both have just talked about a man that might knock them both the hell out because he's like perfect record. So Adam <laughs> Collins is still involved in this. I'm not blind to the fact, because like I said, everybody that didn't know Adam Collins' name, didn't know who he was, they know who he is now. But we all know who Tom is, and we've seen that dude. Like, he's got to have. Like, I'm not a statistician. I'm not ham bone uh, the truth numbers over here. I don't have numbers just right in front of me because I go with what I feel. And what I feel is Tom taking it all down. Tom, one of our favorite characters in the Schmodown right now, is going to take it all down. He's going to do what some people haven't been able to do, like Lon, have a great character and keep moving on in the tournament. Tom's going to do it. Listen, man, I'm just trying to figure out who Tom is beating. I'm just trying to figure out who Tom is beating. Ethan Irwin is the scariest opponent. You know, you will talk about a dead body. I'm pretty sure that he, he, he is terrified of Ethan Irwin. Okay? Terrified. He's not there's 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 no there's no one that he has gone up against so far that I can remember that has the gravitas of an Ethan Irwin. So we'll see. And I cannot wait to hear you next week. Hey, if there's a time, if there's a time for Ethan to be a little shook, to be a little weirded out, per se, it's gonna be when he faces Tom. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is gonna be if it happens there. All right, man, cut it out. All right, anyway, next question. Moving on. So we just talked about who we thought was going to win the championship match. My question to you is, so far in this tournament, my brother, who has been the biggest surprise? Or what has been the biggest surprise in this tournament? Okay. And we've already – look, he deserves to be talked about a lot. We've already talked about him a couple of times. He is not my choice. But the reason why he's not my choice is because I, I went back and watched a couple of things with Adam Collins. I knew the guy was good. So it didn't surprise me that he's good. Now, it is surprising what he's done so far and how he's done it with the 3-0 record and three knockouts. But the biggest shock to me, the person that I didn't – I should have knew more about, I should have paid more attention to, and I think all of us has failed in this, and that's Liz Shannon Miller. Because, all right, so she won her first-round matchup. She, she won her first-round matchup against someone who's not a slouch that can answer questions. Uh, they've done really good in teams. 
talking about Rachel Silvestrini in the den. She's done. She's put up some answers and, and, and stuff like that. So we know she knows some trivia. She beat her in round one. Okay. We go into the round two and she faces the best player in the game now. And she takes him out and she goes toe to toe, takes him out, knocks him out of the tournament. Like everybody was talking about chance possibly having not only a tag title chance at spectacular or keeping his title, defending them there. They were also talking about him having his IG championship match at spectacular. A lot of people were saying there's a possibility he's going for the single title after winning this tournament at the spectacular. The man could have been pulling triple duty on one show. And it wasn't unbelievable chances. Like I said, he's the greatest player right now. Merle to me is the greatest player all time. Chance is the greatest player in the game plan right now because when you take everything into perspective, Dan says he was going to go IG, but we haven't been able to see his IG yet. What we have seen is our man Chance go through the whole entire IG tournament, win it, and ha he has the tag belts after beating Dan Merle's team right now. The best player in the game is Chance, and guess what? He got taken out by someone that all of us overlooked. We all overlooked. She came in did her thing quietly, not boisterous, not with some big, huge, drawn-out character or any of that. She just came in, answered some questions, and knocked Chance out. I still feel like Chance is the greatest player in the game right now because one loss can't affect that. You're going to lose sometimes. Sometimes things just happen. But Liz, she needs to have way more respect than what she had before this tournament began, and I have a feeling that before this tournament's over, she's going to have even way more respect coming at her after that. Because I'm telling you right now, she deserved a lot more before the tournament, and she's going to deserve a lot more after it. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Liz Shannon Miller, Miller is definitely doing her thing in the tournament, but it's not my pick. And uh, I'm going to tell you something. William Bibiani right now is doing his thing, and he has close to a 97% accuracy rate. Now, I just told you there was someone who was over there shooting, just shooting, you know, at a way higher accuracy rate than, than Collins. Well, not way higher, but at a higher accuracy, higher accuracy rate than Collins. And that person who no one seems to be talking about. And I told you a few weeks ago, this was my sleeper pick. Brandon Meyer. Brandon Meyer is my surprise. I'm not surprised, but he should be surprised on everybody's radar for what he's doing. Because once again, no one is talking about this kid. Like, think about it. He took out Alonzo Duralde, and then he took out the android Mark Andreco. In my opinion, he may have had one of the two hardest uh, first two rounds in the entire division. And he's doing so, and he's only scoring at a 0.1% less than William Bibiani. That's his accuracy rate. 0.1% less than William to beat Bibiani. So obviously his team, his time on Shazam is doing well for him because he's obviously kind of getting that rubbed off on him because now he's starting to be beast mode, but he's doing his thing. And everyone needs to start recognizing the fact that Brennan Meyer is over there. And if you don't recognize that he's over there, you're going to get slept on and you're going to, you're going to get crushed. Now I'm going to be very interested to see how this Brennan Meyer, Adam Collins match shapes up because I think this is my most anticipated match of the week coming up because I do think whoever wins will definitely be in the finals uh, on that side of the bracket. Mm -hmm. But once again, if Brendan Meyer can make his way all the way to the ultimate Schmodown finals, I mean, 
You can't, you can't, you can't disregard Look, that. He can, but I'm going to tell you right now, he better not have fell asleep and got some lullaby sung to him by his his dad. I'm going to call him Dad Bibbs because he's got to play on Collins next. And my man, Collins does not everybody out his plate. So we that's dude, that's going to be an exciting match coming up. I soon. do, I do have one last thing I do want to say. I th- I I do want to shout this out. My most surprising moment that has happened. And uh, speaking about how a lot of people come back and they have ring rust, I do want to give this shout out real quick. Is to Perry Nemiroff yeah. mean, with the biggest surprise of the tournament with her ability to beat Mike, the killer Kalinowski, the Mike K.O. Kalinowski, who went home in the first round uh, from Perry Scary Nemiroff. So I do, I will, I, that was my honorable mention that I did want to bring up. No, nah, no, nah, I mean, it's well deserved. She came in, I never would have thought. I never would have thought that she would have been able to do that. I thought that maybe if she got put on a team and stuff, she could do good in teams, but to come out there and do it in a singles tournament. I mean, she didn't look bad against Mark Riley either. So, I mean, she she put together two good performances, two solid performances. Like, she's definitely going to be someone that doesn't have to get picked up next year. She's going to be someone that gets drafted. Right. That's facts. Well, next question. This one All right, man. Me. Yeah, the next one. The next one's a big one. Yeah. Who is going to win when we look at the points right now? Who's going to win the faction championship? I'm going to tell you who's going to win. I'm going to tell you right now. I got an answer for you, and I'm here to stick it. I'm here to stick with it. And the answer is I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And and this may be a cop-out answer today. It's just because I'm sitting here looking at where the way this finals is shaping up. I'm looking at the way that the teams may shape out. I'm looking at these other possible matches that Harloff is doing where he's saying, oh, we got a horror tournament going on. And then not to mention, we have the spectacular. And with the spectacular, you have defense like exchange already in there. You have corruption already in there. You have swag already in there. Swag twice is already in there. You're looking at the, 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 the team's bracket. And because of the fact that you got Shazam and you got corruption, those teams are in there. So you got... Other teams that we don't know about. And if you look at the singles division right now, everyone who I thought was going to be making it to the to, to the to the quarterfinals is 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 out. I have no idea, man. And the race has been so tight knit. Everywhere you go, it's changing every single time. To me, at this point, it's too early to make a prediction. It's too early. It's going to come down to games played or to the amount of matches played. The, the quantity of games played is really what's going to matter. Now, I already know the Finstock Exchange has had the most amount of point, uh, most amount of matches played out of the top three contenders. Um, and I and trust me, I, I was looking at this, and I'm thinking the Quirky Mercs may possibly have a way to come back. If you got Bibiani and Brennan Meyer, that's a potential nine points in the singles team uh, in the singles division. Then you're looking at Shazam, that's another possible six points if they can beat Corruption. Uh, in this upcoming pay-per-view match and then beat and then maintain the title belts when it comes to spectacular. That's another possible six points. They're only five matches out of first. So I I don't know, man. I, I have no look, idea where to go with this. Look, most of the time someone says an answer like you do, and I'm like, oh, look at this guy. But you know what? You said your answer, and now you're passing the balls into my court, and I have balls. Now, and what I'm going to say is what that that, that that the balls have been passed into my court, and now that I have the balls enough to actually say an answer, it's going to be it's going to be corruption. 
I think corruption's got this, man, to be honest with you, because they got one of the biggest players. I just said the best player in the game right now, Chance. They have a chance to defend the belts, and if they do that, they're going to automatically get a championship match in Spectacular. Chance already has itself locked in for another championship match with the IG. And on top of that, I think they put – look, I'm going to tell you something. The biggest surprise coming up – we and we've had a lot of surprises this year. That's one of the greatest things about this year, the ace going through the win the Star Wars, huge surprise. Adam Collins so far in the singles. Liz Shannon Miller, like we just talked about, big surprises in the singles tournament. We're going to have another surprise in the tag tournament. And that's going to be a brand new team called Deception. Because I'm telling you guys right now, y'all can get all excited about the Lethal Weapons and Ethan Irwin and Andrew Guy teamed up with another good player and what it's going to be. <clears throat> nah, bro. Have you not seen Adam Collins? And have you not seen Marisol McKee? Marisol, she will beat you with the most stone face I have seen in a long time. She beats you and it's like she don't even care. You were just something that she knew was going to happen. She doesn't get too excited. She doesn't get too sad about the moment. She just goes in there and does her thing. Look, it's just like she told Bonnie Somerville when she beat her. I was here to do one thing, and that was to serve justice. And justice was served. And there's going to be a couple of teams in that tag team tournament that's going to get some justice served on them. That's, that's, that's the whole thing I'm trying to say because – I personally don't know why we paired Ethan Irwin, Ethan Irwin up with Andrew Guy. I don't know. I'm calling him the deranged. I don't know what's going on with Andrew Guy right now. I trust mm -hmm. Ethan Irwin, and if they're doing anything stra uh, strategic, then Ethan Irwin definitely hits that two and definitely hits that five, then he may potentially win. But then you look on the other side of the bracket to, to kind of defeat my quirky Mercs thing is the, uh, the, 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 witching the witching power. I don't know how strong that team is going to be. I just said Perry Nemirov came back and, and she did win against um she won against the, the killer, but I don't know how she's going to be with her and Haley Fouts. Uh Haley Fouts doesn't have a great accuracy percentage. I mean, it's it I love her. I think she's a fantastic player and fantastic competitor, but I mean the numbers don't lie sometimes. You have to look at the, so to me, the numbers do this is why I do have a lot of respect for Frank Janish. The numbers do tell a story. And you have to kind of give that some 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 credence, and I just don't see what that what that's there. Founding Fathers has a potential opportunity to to make it out of the tournament once again, but then do they play the corruption again? And will that be another repeat of what we've seen before? Maybe does corruption just have the Founding Fathers number, or maybe they face Shazam, bringing it back to the quirky mercs, like I was trying to say. There's too many potential scenarios. It, it's like I need C3PO right here to tell me the odds. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just, I just, no, don't I mean, know. I agree with you. I, agree I, just with you. Don't, I just don't know where to go. And uh, that may be a cop out answer, but you know, hey, Kevin Smith may cop I out. I really don't think it is. I think it's that close to like the call. Like uh, it is like that. Like in some things, there's it's, it's tough situations. I, I agree it's tough, but I'm going with corruption. And uh, yeah, so what's that? What's that final question, Linda? That, fi that final question, man. All right. So speaking of, we just brought up the Finstock Exchange and uh, they're, they're, their dilemmas. Uh, by the way, happy birthday, Gucci. Uh, <laughs> we just brought up their entire thing, and we have all seen the the meltdown that Gucci has had with Ben Bateman, and we're seeing where Ben Bateman wants to go. 
or he says he wants to leave. My question to you is about Ben Bateman. And if he does decide to leave, does this turn help him in the long run? Yes. Yes, it does. Because when you saw Ben Bateman, like, you know, I don't know if he found himself there when he first started, like when he was a team with Guy, when they were team action and he was going through there. You kind of started seeing Ben Bateman get better and better as a player. But the other thing you started seeing him do is get more and more confident with with who he was as a person. And that is a very confident, brash, just I don't give a crap attitude. I'm going to put you down to lift myself up kind of player, right? When they were doing things like late to the party, when they pulled out the chairs and was acting like they were doing like their own live reaction of late to the party getting beat, right? Like stuff like that is what I think ended up turning Ben Bateman into being super great. Whenever he was going through the singles, they even get a chance at the championship. He was kind of that same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like he hadn't left it completely to, you know, to the side. He still had a little bit of that with him. I think him trying to hold back and trying to be, you know, Ben the boss Bateman, a good guy that cares what everybody thinks. I think that's been hurting him a little bit. I think that that's not, that stopped him from having the killer instinct that he needed against Dan Merle in both of their matches. Let's look at it. The man played the game. The man had Dan Merle, who all most people say, not maybe not everyone, but most say is the greatest player to ever play the game on the ropes twice. And on top of that, you have to look at it this way. Even though the second one was virtual, the first one was actually the last live event. But even though the second one was virtual. We was there, broke, man. Yeah, they, yeah, we were. But they both were live championship matches. And Dan Murrow had never even come close almost to, like, losing in a live match. Like, he's just dominated that kind of uh, situation when you put him in the live event status. And Ben Bateman had him both times on the ropes, one time by five points, another time by six points. He had Dan Merle shook so much in the lead so much that Dan Merle could not believe it when he won this last game. So with all that being said, it's it's kind of crazy. I just think like he needs to be who he feels the more comfortable with, and that's the person – that you put them up against the ropes and you knock them out. And he needs to have that kind of killer instinct and attitude. And I think it doesn't come with him trying to be the bland version of Ben the Boss Bateman. It comes with the sunglass wearing, briefcase holding Ben the Boss Bateman. That's what he needs to be. And, and I think a, a couple of competitors out there could take advice from Ben Bateman right now. I'm looking at you, John Roca. Stop trying to, you know, Talk good to the fans and everything. Be the outlaw. Be the outlaw again if you want to win the belt. Be the outlaw. Hey, you know what? Baby's doing it. I, I'm going to tell you something, man. I totally agree with you. Um, I just was talking the other day about Jeff Snyder and about how I think that for Jeff Snyder, that killer instinct that once made Jeff Snyder the a-hole that we all love to hate, I think that with Roxy, she kind of tempered that down a little bit. And that instinct is kind of sedated. And I was saying, I think Jeff Snyder needs to cut loose. And I kind of feel the same way you was talking about with Ben Bateman. I think that Ben Bateman, I think that if he wasn't on the fence hockey exchange this year, <coughs> if he wasn't on, on in the five horsemen with Dan Merle, he wouldn't have looked at 
Dan Merle so with so much respect, which he deserves. But I'm saying he would have he would have attacked him more. There would have been more mind games, which uh, which Ben Bateman used to be known for mind games. You think that if he would have got up at those points before, if, if he still had Andrew Garner's corner, if he got a lead, he's not messing with him the entire time. He's not picking at him the entire time just to get a rise and kind of throw Damro off his game. But because they're on the same faction, I think he was like, no, we're going to be fair. We're going to be respectful. We're going to do this, that, and the other. And I think that an element to his greatness was gone. Now I will say this. Ben Bateman is a very knowledgeable player, one of the most knowledgeable players. To me, he's the greatest strategist to ever play the game. But one of the things that he does have in his arsenal that he hasn't used is the mind, is the is the is the mental, is the mental attack that he used to inflict on his opponents, which hasn't happened in quite some time. Because, of, like you're saying, I don't know if it's because he's the backstage guy. He's trying to play, he's trying to be a face now, but he has it. Use it. it. It's what made you great to begin with. So I do think that him stepping aside, walking away, kind of getting out of that damn Merle shadow. I mean, it's kind of like Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And for Aaron Rodgers to shine, Brett Favre had to go. So one of them has to leave. But they're both great players. And one day you're going to see them both compete on with different uniforms on. And then that's when you're going to see... Because that's that's when Aaron Rodgers finally got out of that shadow. You know, that's what it took. They couldn't, you know, they 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 like being on the same team together, but you have to break out of that. And I do believe that Ben the Boss Bateman has to get out of that. Right. And speaking of, we just got through another one, Lando, me and you, but we're not done completely yet. Because mm-hmm. what we do with the Patreons, like you talked about earlier, yes, sir. is let them send in a personalized question for the sudden death question of our show what do we have for the people today oh man we got a fantastic question brought in from one of our very own uh patrons peter usa gucci gave uh, gave this in and you may know him if you just watched the gucci birthday extravaganza he was the bouncer in the club uh and he sent in this question Been the boss, baby. He's been in our hearts and minds these last few days after his brutal loss. He's made it clear that he's disgusted with Gucci. So, Larry, I better just in half. Which faction do you want to see Bateman sign with next year? And who, in that faction, would you put as his tag team partner? However, I have one stipulation you cannot pick Andrew Guy. Alright, squeeze it easy. Juice out. That guy's amazing. Yeah, I mean, did you see how he was playing that guitar, bro? Let me tell you something, man. He brought amazing. me back to the times when I was watching MTV when they still showed videos. You remember that time? Was you? Yeah. Are you old enough, Lando, to remember the time First when all, MTV actually showed music videos? I was like, what the name? I was and there. there was a, there was a sweet song, baby. There was a sweet song, "Take on Me." They used to do 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 boy. Let me tell you something right now. He reminded me of that, and that's just fabulous. And I'm gonna say, tell him one thing right now. Nah, me and Lando, we ain't dumb enough to put him back with Andrew Guy. He didn't have to have the stipulation on there. 
Who would want to be the tag team partner of a man you just clobbered in a match <laughs> to earn the spot to be able to play in the championship? What kind of crazy thing would you be? Look, I get it. Some people out there love the team action. Woo! But guess what? It ain't happening for anytime soon. Because guess what's going to happen? What's up? I, I looked this up down. The roster up and down. Both all the teams. And one of the things that I wanted to do was, is I wanted to kind of take Ben Bateman and that team action feel, mm. but with someone else, you know, where you kind of get the same kind of mentality, where you kind of get someone super good on the mic, mixed in with Ben Bateman's quips, mixed in with Ben Bateman. He's not bad on the mic, but you get that one guy with him that can play trivia, mm -hmm. but also run that mouth good. And you know who I came up with? I'm sending Ben Bateman, Ben the boss Bateman, to the den and teaming him up with Solly Boy, Saul, Smowdown, Saul. Because I'm telling you right now, if you go back to the Brandon Hanna Saul match and you got to see what my man Saul was putting down on those promos, you team that up with someone like, look, he even dressed up, man. He had on that sweet vest and everything else. You got Ben the Boss Bateman wanting to wear suits, bringing out his briefcase. You had Saul looking like he was an insurance salesman. I mean, that just seems like perfect. It just seems like perfect. It reminds me of possibly, like, if you remember old school wrestling, the million-dollar man, which would be Ben the Boss Bateman, always wearing the really nice suits and carrying around briefcases and stuff like that. Ben the Boss Bateman, and then you would have IRS next to him. And you had Money Inc. Man, I'm telling you, they have the briefcase. They they fit the mold. I see. Uh, and, and they can talk the talk. And let me tell you something, Saul. It, people don't forget Saul joined the IG because he thought it was more competitive. He didn't want to jump in the kiddie pool, as he said, and start there. He wanted to jump where he thought was some of the best competitors, like Mike Killer Killer now Kalinowski, uh, like Chance Ellison, and to, and people like that. He wanted to jump into that side of the pool, Robert Parker's of the world and stuff. But he originally was supposed to be a singles player. Mm -hmm. So he has the knowledge of the single stuff because he studied it as well. Put him on a team with Ben the Boss Bateman. And I'm telling you, Good times are had for all. Well, you know, I hear you on that. And I had, you know, before we did this, I, I did have a thought. And I told you, I was like, I think I'm going to go here with it. But y'all, I heard you talking, I'm and I'm changing up mine just for you. Just for you because I know you can handle it. I think, and I agree with you, I was going to say, I was going to sit there and tell you that I think that he needs to go somewhere to a faction where he can be the guy that's in charge. Because that's what he wants to be. He's a he's a player manager. We already knew that with the Finnsock Exchange. That's pretty much how he was. You're on, you're on mute. Yeah, but basically, with a manager that's not like right, the, right, the, the right. big big daddy leader, right? Like right, like somebody like the a the a guy. Like, and I was going to go. Well, I'm going to go with the Burning Droogs or whatever it is going to be the Burning Droogs because I know Ken didn't make that name, but I do want to see him with Ken, and I think that'd be fun. Especially if we can get a spicier uh, Ben the Boss Bateman again next year. And I was going to put him with Alonzo Duralde. I was going to put him with Alonzo Duralde because I think that he was going to be able to lead that guy. Alonzo Duralde has the uh, he has the knowledge Ben that Ben needs to compliment him, and Ben can be the the, the vocal piece. But I got a more fun pick. 
I got a more fun pick. And I got a name for it too. The evil bosses. You pair Ben the Boss Bateman with JTE. And you go from there. JTE with Ben the Boss Bateman. You're on mute again. Stop muting. Yeah, man, he's, hey, he's, one, he's, he's, he's one of the best tag team players, man. You put he him, is. you put an evil guy like JTE along with uh, a, a, a turning back to a heel, Ben the Boss Bateman with the eccentric that is Ken Knapsack. You want to talk about bringing fun back in the schmodown? Listen, I already hate shipping up to Boston. Could you imagine? They could, they could have a whole new thing. And you know that JTE is good on the mic. I mean, he had that whole Finstock swag, which, by the way, Ben does like. He does like the Finstock swag. You know, he does like – maybe that just, that's the wrong way to use the two terms. You know what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say yeah. swag like that. But he has that he, – he does like the Finstock mannerisms, which JTE knows. That could be something a little bit old, a little bit familiar with something new. That's where I think I want to go with that. I think that would be fun because we haven't seen JTE, and I've been wanting to see him come yeah. back because I do look at his numbers, and his numbers aren't what you would think they would be. But, you know, but he, he wins. That's yeah. the thing about JTE. When it comes to teams, he wins. And I thought that uh, he was paired up with Lon Harris, I believe, earlier, but that team never really saw the true fruition of what it could have been. Would you pair him up with someone like Ben the Boss Bateman? Man, mm -hmm. fun times to be had. No, I mean, I, I, I agree. Not going to argue with you there. I mean, when you take teams alone, look, there's one thing that I've always, I think, been wrong about. Because I'm a person that will come in here and say I'm wrong. If your boy Ethan can take out Tom coming up in this tournament in their next match, then I'll come on here and say I was wrong if Tom gets beat. I don't think he is, but if it happens, I'll say I'm wrong. And one of the things that I think I've been wrong about is automatically assuming that someone good in singles or vice versa, someone good in teams can turn around and necessarily be good at the other. I think I'm wrong on that. I think a lot of people make assumptions, right? Oh, well, the wheel's kind of the same and the knowledge is kind of the same. But I think there are certain people that just gravitate to one or the other better. Some people that play better as a team. People I got a name. I got a own. name for you right off the bat. Go ahead. And that person is, to me, he's just like Lon Harris. Not that great at singles. You put him with the team partner, he's great. And that's Drew McQueenie. Yeah. But, Drew McQueenie. Hey, look, both of those players, Lon Harris and Drew McQueenie, I, you know, you've talked about some of this before. If you want to call people, some people overrated. Lon Harris. They, I mean, <laughs> I mean, even look at Drew McQueenie's record. If you happen to have it pulled up, Drew McQueenie's record's not that great. No. Like we like to jump on the Janines and stuff like that of the world, but let's be fair about this. You got yeah. two people right there that people respect. They love Lon's character. I do too. They love Drew McQueenie. I do too. But the problem is, Lou, look at their record. You would expect them, like when people say Drew McQueenie and talk about him the way they talk about him, about how good he is, about how much knowledge he has and all this stuff, you look at him and you go, oh, well, yeah, yeah, he's one of the greatest players out there. And then you look at his record. I mean, come on, man. Come, yeah. the record ain't looking too good. Uh, and, and neither is Lon Harris's. Like, and both of, like, we all agree that they do know a lot about movies, but there's a difference between knowing about movies and be able to answer trivia questions. Because if you talk to me about Star Wars, I could tell you everything that ever happened in the films. I could tell you a lot of expanded universe. I could tell you a lot of stuff. 
matter of fact, about Star Wars. But if you ask me who was the name of the actor of so-and-so, I'm like, don't even know. For whatever reason, I all the all, all the stuff in the movies, all the moments in the movies, all up here. But because yeah. I don't look at it as a trivia player, I get in a trivia match, I get taken out in Star Wars. But still, I could possibly know more about the lure than the person I'm playing and get beat in it. Like, there, you would have to be dumb to me for you to think that anybody out there knows more about Star Wars than Ken Knapsack. But Ken Knapsack's going to lose in a trivia match a lot of times because Ken Knapsack looks at all of Star Wars and not just, you know, the parts that would be in a movie trivia spot. Ken Knapsack talks about it all. And that's what it is. Nobody out there knows more than Ken Knapsack as far as Star Wars goes, but he can still lose a match. Same thing. Hey, man. Well, look. Those are our picks. Hopefully you guys like it. If you guys had an idea about who Ben should be with, go ahead and drop that in the comment section down below. Thank you guys once again for joining the Five Pointer. Check out that Patreon. Remember to subscribe to the channel if you have not done so already. And like the video. If you like what yes. we're putting out, yes. like, the, like the video, watch guys. Larry on almost every channel, almost every show that ever gets done in the Gucci-verse. You know, watch me. I do this. Let's get ready. I'm even doing a new thing with Bedore. was about talking about Star Wars, which I love more than anything in the whole entire world. More than even, I love Lando's face. And let me tell you something. What was the first thing I ever told you, Lando? I was a sexy, sexy beast. A sexy, sexy, the sexiest man on the internet. That's what you told me. That's what I told him. First thing. That's what you told me. And uh, what I'm going to tell you is, guys, this has been a pleasure. We're so glad to be back. And uh, sorry to keep you guys waiting for another five-pointer, but I will try my best to not be back. We're going to try our best. (laughs) Look, here goes graphics. Is a thing, and you have to have those graphics to be able to put them on the screen because we tried to come up with ways to put out a show, but my man Lando over here has and owns those graphics. So, hey, hey, he had to do his thing, he had to get his life straight. You can see him smiling today, he's happy to be back in and talking about it. And we're going to keep it as consistent as we can. Hey, man, that's facts, guys. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you again on the very next episode of the Five Pointer next week. And as always, finger guns. <laughs>